where did the where did the idea where did the inspiration for the movie come from? Yeah, I uh, at the time that I was writing this film or coming up with the idea, I guess not writing. Um, I had quite a few kind of friends of mine that were going through kind of marital struggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and in particular, a, a few guys that I knew that were great people. But uh, the the kind of paranoia or the fear, I guess, less than paranoia, of kind of losing the access to their children as well as losing their wife um, caused them to do some things that were outside kind of their character. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so so interesting to kind of see those actions. Um, and knowing that they were good people and the intentions were good, but the actions were so, so ridiculous. And I felt like I hadn't really seen that explored. And so I really, that, that began the kind of writing process. Yeah. And I, I think one of the, I, I think there's a whole, there's a lot of honesty to this film. And that's one of the things that really resonated with me. And I, I like that. I, I like that we see it entirely from his perspective. It's completely from shot from his perspective. And I think that's one of the strongest aspects of the movie. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I thought it was kind of important. Um, obviously what Nikki is going through is also important, but I thought it was kind of a critical to kind of see it, see it through his perspective because he only has a limited view of what's happening. Right. Um, and often in these in these circumstances, when your your marriage is struggling, you you are as well really only seeing it through your own perspective. Um, and so, so that I, I thought that was important. When did uh, Clayne Crawford come into the uh, film? So I, Clayne and I met about ten years ago at Sundance. Um, I had a short period of feature, and I I was working on another. I did, working on this other script and I knew he would be really great for it. Mm-hmm. So I sent it to him and he loved it, but we couldn't get it made. Everyone just kept saying it was too sad. So nobody would, nobody would make it. And so we kept in contact for the last 10 years. And finally a kind of window opened up. Um, and he was on a TV show that allowed him to have a little bit of disposable income. Mm-hmm. He said, look, I want to invest in a, I want to invest in a project. Um, that we can do together. Um, will you write something? And I was like, Yeah, I'm actually in the process of writing. I had, I had a couple scenes written out, and uh, so then I just kind of aggressively picked up my writing time uh, and sent. I sent him a film, I believe, uh, around October, and we were shooting in. Uh, well, I guess it was August, and then we were shooting around November. Yeah, and I I think one of the he he's fantastic in the film. I thought he was he 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 gave a really terrific performance. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like his he 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 imbues the character with the same type of energy with pain that's right underneath the surface that you saw in Le- his uh, performance as Riggs on Lethal Weapon, and it's yeah. It's it's one of those things where he's so good at portraying that, and you it's great to see that evolution of him as a performer. And this is, I I love that we 
it it almost in a way the movie in a way that opening scene is really striking because of the fact that it feels like based on the title what normally we would expect the last scene of the movie to be but the fact that it's the first scene of the movie and it basically sets up everything that is going to be coming through um the rest of the film yeah and what i think is really great about him and it was a, it was one of the things he and i kind of asked each other as he read the draft and um, as we were kind of discussing, I mean, both of us being fathers and, and both of us obviously, obviously really loving our children, you know, the question we kind of had about uh, about David is, could we open the film like this and have the audience care for him throughout the movie, like eventually empathize with his struggle, mm-hmm. knowing that this was just an action, again, outside of outside of his character. And the film really kind of, I feel anyways, <clears throat> continues to show that. Um, and what I think I agree with you. I mean, what's really great about Clayne and why I've, I've wanted to work with him for so long is that he has the ability to really have two things happening at the same time, which is what his character is saying. And then what you can see internally is happening. Um, and that for me is really exciting to, to have an actor be able to kind of have multi layers occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the, were there any particular change uh, challenges in making the film, and in particular, what was the, what was, and also what was the, um, what was it like in terms of getting the family dynamics with regards to the kids? Because I, I think that's that's one of the things that's so interesting about the film is that all of these kids seem to have some semblance of understanding of what's going on between their parents, but really only Jess, I mean, all of them seem to be affected about in one way or the other. Jess is being the oldest, the most perceptive of that. Um, Were there any particular challenges in creating that family dynamic? It was, I was initially really worried about it uh, just because we ended up only having about, about 12 days to shoot it. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't really a lot of there. We had a couple days on the front end. Clayne has kind of known my kids growing up and they're the, they're the three boys in the movie and I've shot stuff with them. And I, I, the d- dynamic that they bring amongst each other and how they push each other as, as actors I I felt like with the short shooting schedule, they'll be able to they'll be able to bring their performative aspect of it. And then when we brought Avery in to be the older sister, what was great is she first day on set that there was a golf cart uh, as part of part of the production, and she threw the boys in the car and or in that golf cart. This town is maybe three blocks <laughs> both ways, so she just took off with them and drove around, and they just spent the first part of that first day, just playing together. And she did it really, I mean, she was like 21 years old. She did such a great job of just like coming down to their level and playing with them in that kind of imaginary space that immediately created a dialogue where they could really make fun of each other like siblings. And I really, it was one of the great things that Avery did. Um, And then similar when Seppi flew in, the first thing she did was like immediately take them and spend some time with them. 
And one of the funny things that the that my boys joke about, because I was off doing something else, and when I came back later to uh, to my room, they were already all asleep, and they still now joke. They're like, "Seppi put us to bed." <laughs> you know, she was like, she was just like, "It's time to go to bed, boys," and she put us to bed. And I was laughing so hard because it was really allowing her to get in the space of being being mm-hmm. their mother, and they really they really embraced it. I mean, at dinners and stuff. Uh, Jonah, the youngest, would just come and climb in her lap and and hold her, and she would hold him. And it, I was really grateful that she was really open to kind of embracing that dynamic, and they really just went, bought into it. And the reality is that realism. And one of the things that Clayton said that I thought was really interesting after we shot was he was like, because boys are actors and they've done multiple kind of shorts with me. It's like the realism that exists amongst them is, is so, it just feels so real all the time that mm-hmm. the, he's like, me as an actor, I, I had to elevate my performance to match their realism. Um, and he said that was really critical. Otherwise, I would be fake. And I, I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, I, I cast them because they're just great actors, um, but I had never really thought about that, um, the dynamic for other actors kind of entering that space. Yeah. Uh, what was was there a particular reason you uh, chose to shoot the film in sort of the uh, box uh, format as opposed to going with a uh, traditional like one eight five or two three five to one uh, framing? Yeah, I mean, we had discussed Oscar and I had discussed potentially. I mean, when we initially were or in the pre-production stages, Oscar and I, we talked about potentially shooting like four or five, um, like a photographic format, which is really like in the end, I think it was one, one, nine when we, when we talked about it. Um, because we were really discussing like, could we almost set up every scene like a, like a family photo? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we initially were kind of discussed, like, let's just have these be, family photos active that, you know, things move in frame. So we initially had been discussing that, and obviously the result was we just got too nervous because that's such a uh, rarely seen aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. So we we then kind of initially planned. Then we were like, well, maybe we should just shoot 166, which I, is an aspect ratio I shoot often in and really like. And then try and make sure we have room for 4.3 and select consider that 4.3 might be the final format, which is more traditional. Um, and then when we were in the post-production, I just put, I put the 4.3 aspect ratio, you know, over it. And it just felt so right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were like, yeah, I'm glad that we did it. And the only area that we ended up changing aspect ratios is in the actual argument, which goes back to the 166, mm-hmm. um, which we thought was important because that's when David, when uh, Derek enters, we were like, we should probably change the aspect ratio with this idea that di- dynamic changes because there's third, he's been out there, right? The third party has been kind of present mm-hmm. for all three of them in the front, in the frame, um, which I thought was really, I thought worked really, really well. Yeah. And I, I love it because of the fact that the using the four, three framing, it, it makes, it it almost gives an even further degree of intimacy because of the fact that it's all the movie is from David's point of view. It's like 
it adds a psychological element to the journey that he's going on in this film and it it really is it it really is an effective use of uh cinematography to really get into a character's head yeah thank you i i'm i'm really excited about what's happening right now in cinema specifically with cinematography because for a while the fourth reactive ratio was kind of trendy and you saw like it was a few hipster films that were kind of like that and i got nervous that that it was going to be perceived. I was a little nervous it was going to be perceived that way. Mm-hmm. But what's exciting about what's happening, and I feel a little bit this is starting to happen with black and white as well. I think it's still, we still have questions of why the choice to use it. Um, but that we can be, we can let go of like, oh, it's just a cool thing in a storytelling form. I think it's critical. I mean, when they, when, you know, when the Westerns were shooting to one aspect ratio for Westerns, it was obvious why they were doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so my uh, my excitement about what's happening now is you really feel like aspect ratios are starting to be another tool that cinematographers can use in the form of storytelling and directors can use as well. Mm. So that was really exciting for us. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for uh, talking to me. I really I really was uh, taken in by the film. I, I, I thought it was terrific. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was a 